not ball game. This is the Prospects Baseball Show, your inside look at the boys and girls of summer. Here's your hosts, Dean Millard and Jordan Blundell. Welcome to the first one. This is the debut of the Prospect Baseball Show. My name is Dean Millard, and I am uh, very pleased to be joined and uh, will be joined every show uh, by the head coach and the manager, uh, the man calling the shots for the Edmonton Prospects, <laughs> Jordan Blundell. Jordan, thanks so much for being here uh, in our first voyage into the world of baseball. Yeah, I'm excited to sail off on this journey. Yeah, it's going to be, be fun. Uh, it's going to be fun. So uh, this is just a little bit about how this show is going to uh, evolve over time. Uh, we'll open things up and we'll go around the horn of uh, the sport of baseball. We'll have a few contests for you. Uh, we will have a uh, guest. Jordan and I will be joined by one of his players, of most for the most part a player. Um, at, uh, at different times, it could be uh, another coach or um, uh, somebody in ownership. Uh, we'll, we'll see who's uh, available on a given week, but they will join us every week to tee up and look at the season so far. We will talk some fantasy baseball, which I know uh, you're uh, uh, really excited about uh, getting into. Oh, definitely. I, I made some moves earlier today, so... Oh, really? Yeah, we uh, we have some things to talk about there. Oh, good, good. I, I have a trade that I made uh, earlier to discuss uh, as well. My, my team is in the tank right now, so I may be competing well, for the first overall pick. <laughs> uh, we're going to give... Uh, you're gonna, not only are you going to have some uh, season-long contests that we're going to have here on the Prospects Baseball Show, but we're also going to give you two tickets uh, to an upcoming game on every show, and uh, that'll be uh, in a segment we'll do a little bit later, so you want to stick around for that. We will be branching outside of uh, the Western Canadian Baseball League and talking Major League Baseball um, with uh, people involved in the game now and uh, in the past. And s there's so much content to explore when it comes to uh, the sport and the game of baseball. So uh, we will be doing that. Uh, uh, today we're going to be just more of a, an introduction into uh, you know what this show and, and what the prospects are all about and uh, and we're going to close with uh, uh, some fun debate about uh, the history of major league baseball uh, from uh, the the early days until right yesterday so uh, that's a a little bit about what the uh, the show is all about uh, you can uh, suggest uh, calm or make suggestions you can ask questions you can get involved in a number of different ways Prospects Baseball Show at gmail.com is how you email us. You can join the uh, Facebook page, Prospects Baseball Show. And, uh, of course, you can get uh, more information on the uh, team itself at prospectsbaseball.com. Follow them at EDM Prospects. Uh, Jordan's Twitter handle is JordanBlundell4. And, of course, you can get tickets for any upcoming games, including the home opener, the season opener tomorrow. Uh, you can get that at Prospects Baseball. Dot com. Uh, I understand, first of all, the, the suites are sold out for tomorrow, but you do have some tickets available. Yeah, yeah, there was a, a little bit of a mix-up there. Uh, suites are sold out, which we're excited about. That'll be fun down at field level for sure, and there's tickets available, yeah. All right, well, that leads perfectly into what we're going to uh, deal with in uh, our first edition of Around the Horn, which is, uh, you know, uh, news and notes. I, I was going to go with something like 
this week in baseball. But I think that was already taken on a pretty good TV show. A little Twib notes? Were you a Twib fan? Loved it. Couldn't wait for it to come on Saturdays. Isn't that something about, uh, you know, we're going to do something called then and now, then versus now a little bit later. But uh, just quickly on that. You know, when I was a kid, that the uh, the iconic voice and the music and like yeah, it came out. I think it was it Saturdays. It came out. I think. I, I, as far as I can recall, that, it was that Saturday morning. That's right. And now, kids don't have to wait for anything, dude. My <laughs> buddy's kid is everything's online yeah. and this and that. Uh, yeah, I grew up and I, I I think we're pretty close in age. I grew up where you had to get up and change the channel on the TV. <laughs> now, uh, kids can watch anything. They don't have to wait for stuff to come out anymore. It's all streaming. You're roughing it in college if you have to get up and change your channel. <laughs> like that's that's the struggle of a college kid nowadays. Anyway, so this is uh, our 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 uh, homage maybe to uh, this week in baseball. We pay tribute with um, going around the horn, and and of course we have to tee up the home opener tomorrow. Um, we're going to get into um, you and this team uh, and, and your history with it and, and your future with it going forward a little bit. But let's just talk, uh, um, you know, for anybody in baseball, other than uh, Game 7 of the championship, home opener is it, right? Yeah, it definitely is. It's that, it's that cool week before Christmas build up. Um, you know, you're uh, as a fan and part of the team, um, there, there's that that amalgamation of feelings of excitement at the start of the year it's it's awesome the players are looking forward to wearing the jersey officially performing excited for that you know when our guys come into town and we do the you know hey welcome to edmonton tour the ballpark and then walk them out into center field through the clubhouse Mm. and then say you know there's going to be a bunch of people up in there and and there are fans okay so that's uh that's a really cool thing you just brought up it's uh you know, not unlike uh, trying to recruit a free agent and taking him on a tour of Rogers uh, downtown, right? Um, you know, by by Ken Holland. So when you do that and you take them through that ballpark, oh, by the way, the jersey that you brought out that is hanging in the studio looks awesome. I love the colors, uh-huh. especially next to the Brandon Weeking jersey. Yeah. Like, does that not go it's a perfect fit. beautiful together? <laughs> awesome. Anyway, yeah. when you take them on a tour of your your stadium, Remax Field, and you've played college baseball, are they wowed by it? Or are there, like, I don't know what the, the stadiums are like in college baseball. Listen, I'm sure USC has a pretty nice stadium, but uh, are, 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 is, it a, is it an impressive, impressive selling feature for you? Yes, it's uh, exactly how you put it. Um, you know, the guys have been recruited. They've seen the picks. We do the video 30 seconds through the clubhouse. We give, we give them a feel of it. Uh, when they get into town, we have, I've got a little system of how we kind of go through it, and then we get out onto the field, the walkway. You know, it's just like a you know an old Coke commercial, mm. like Mean Joe through the tunnel, mean out, Joe Green, yeah. yeah, out onto the field. And and when I look at it, you see the buildings, the bridge, like the the best view in the city is in center field at Remax. I was saying last night, and uh, we'll get to your uh, the the. Uh, uh, exhibition game you guys played last night i was standing in the press box uh as i'm going to be doing some hosting on saturday for the home opener i said this is a major league view yeah like this might not be a major league ballpark but this is a major league view especially with that bridge now i've always had a camden yards feel for some reason looking out at that all that brickwork and by the way that that uh the one epcor building is starting to be used Mm. there was an event held in it my sister-in-law 
was in town from San Francisco. She attended it. I'm like, wow, that's very cool. But that brickwork looks so cool in left field, uh, left center field. And then you have the bridge now, and you have some of the skyline. Like, it's a major league view. It, it reminds me. There, there's different parts of that view, like, like the metropolis view, metropolis view. And then you've got PNC Park in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh that's got the bridge. That's right. So you got yeah. a little piece of a couple different places in that view. Um, yeah, you know what? It, 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 it is a big league view. It's such a great part of the city, the River Valley, and the fact that the ballpark is in the heart and, and how awesome that is, is. It's a treasure. It really is a treasure for the city. Well, and speaking of views, um, you guys were you know running through things last night in an exhibition game, and so were we. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be doing some work with uh, ICU video in, in a whole bunch of different ventures, but your games are going to be streamed by IC, ICU video. Um, this is where you can find the information, edmprospects.yaretv.com. So that's Y-A-R-E-T-V. They do a lot of Canada West, and it's really good. Produ- it's a really good stream. So edmprospects dot year tv.com if you if you you know if you can't get the best thing which is watching uh live and having a dog and uh, a beer or whatever a pop check it out online so the view the camera we have in centerfield it very much is a major league view as well yeah that was cool you know and, see and that snapshot i don't want to i don't want to uh, talk out of school here but i'm gonna but there was talk of uh, possibly some sort of strike zone uh, effect that we might be able to use at some point as well. Like the, I don't know if we're going to have a K zone that's going to be able to tell us all, every analytic about the pitch. But yeah. there's some really cool stuff that Rob awesome. and his uh, crew and, and Dave Foley uh, worked so hard on uh, I don't setting put up it past that uh, camera. So it's going to be good yeah. on that. So anyway, I just wanted to get that that uh, added in as well. Um, you know the. You guys are also one of the few teams I think that's going to have your game streamed like this. So uh, there is a, a it's it's not a professional league, but there's a professional feel around what you guys are trying to do. It seems. Oh, for sure. Uh, minor leagues, you know, the fact that the guys aren't paid poorly like a lot of minor leaguers are, uh, we take care of them in a professional fashion. Uh, the way that they're welcomed into the city, how we how we put them up for the summer, and the things that we do as an organization for the players is professional and so they they feel that as soon as they arrive that this is how we're going to do things this is what we're doing for you as a player come here and and improve your game and give yourself the best chance to improve so that one day you you get to be on on espn and not our and not our procast which is going to be awesome you you hit the nail on the head with that yeah it's going to be a lot of fun um also, uh, just quickly, it is the uh, now the Western Canadian Baseball League. I made my first official error <laughs> of the season by using the old name, but it's uh, uh, first year with the new name, also an all-star game, that you guys are hosting on uh, July 7th, the Sunday. That's got to be pretty exciting to be able to um, you know, not only showcase uh, the stadium for everybody involved, but the entire talent of the league to the city of Edmonton and beyond. For sure, it's uh, uh, we're gonna have a home run derby as well, so some of the players will cool. get to show off their skills. The fact that we can uh, provide that venue for our league, which is growing every year, uh, in talent, in fan base, in interest, um, it, it's an honor for us and a privilege for us to kind of be the flagship um, marketing wheel in the middle of the summer for the league. That 
you know, we can provide teams with video for and, and all those things and, and really highlight how, highlight how good this league really is. All right, uh, we'll, we'll try to get, uh, work in a little bit of uh, Major League news. Um, you know, Caven uh, Biggio getting called up uh, for the Jays is uh, going to be happening to join Vlad Mania. Um, and there's, uh, there's news in Montreal of land being bought uh, by the son of the former owner, uh, Charles Bronfman, and trying to get the Expos back. And, and I know that, you know, listen, I, I worked with Low Tide for a lot of, lot of years at uh, TSN 1260, and uh, his Expo love runs deep, and, and I know yours does too. Oh, definitely. Uh, it, it's exciting, and, and I feel like they've done this the right way. It's been really uh, behind the scenes. It hasn't been public. Mm-hmm. Everything's gone according to the plan, and, and you know you could draw a parallel to, to kind of how Winnipeg when about getting that NHL team that's back exactly, there. The, that's the exact comparison I was going to make. They've done they it slow. It, they dotted their eyes, as opposed to uh, Jim Balsilli when exactly. he was trying to buy an NHL yeah. team, right? Like there's a there's a guns blazing. Way. Yeah, you. This is an old boys club, and in in some cases, old uh, women's club, but it's a traditional ownership of a one of the big four. Yes, is an exclusive club, yes. and they just don't let anybody. Uh, shooting off their guns uh, into the ceiling into their club, like an old Western reference. To toe the company line, yeah. and, and in a good way. Like the, the prestige mm-hmm. and and the the pride of the league and the history. Um, you know, for sure, MLB wants to have the right person in place, the right people right. in place to continue that tradition and not have a sore thumb in a new franchise. And it really feels like. They've done everything according to yeah. the way they need to. Information's been released long after it could have been. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's hope. Like, let's hope. It, bad for the Blue Jays. Good in in a way, but bad for their their ability to dominate Canada and That's fan right, base. Yeah. But shoot, I mean, I grew up an Expos fan, yeah. and that'd be a dream come true to have a, a retractable roof. The the grass, like not, Olympic Stadium, is whatever. But to have grass, the retractable roof, and really do this, yeah. it would be special. Just grab that. I don't want that to, to start on fire. <laughs> In our first episode. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that uh, it would be uh, it'd be pretty cool. So we're going to do our first contest now. And uh, it's uh, called Baseball Memories. And it's really simple. But the uh, prize is fantastic. So all you have to do is send in your favorite baseball memory. It could be of you playing, watching, coaching, anything. Anything about baseball. There will be six winners in total. So this is a season-long contest. Each winner and a guest will be watching a game from a suite hosted by me on Fan Appreciation Night, Saturday, August 3rd, 7 o'clock start versus Yorkton. So you and a guest, your husband, wife, son, daughter, dad, mom, whatever, two of you get to come and watch the game in a suite hosted by me. So we'll take care of you there as well. And this is, I think, the uh, really cool part because I had a chance to do this once at REMAX Field. One person from each winner will get to take batting practice before the game. Now, we took batting practice from Tommy John which was pretty cool to have a, a very uh, significant name throwing you batting practice. And like I, I went to a batting cage about uh, 10 years after I had stopped playing baseball 
I couldn't even hit a 70 mile an hour. Like I, I couldn't even like, I don't even have, I, I think I would need to hit like a 40 or a 50. So I don't know what it's like, but I just know standing in a cage at a awesome ballpark, like we talked about taking batting practice. I think that's a cool thing to do. Awesome. And that's one of the things that, uh, baseball players fall in love with doing is that, you know, taking BP on a field. That's part of the, the lore and, and what, what attracts players is when you start taking BP on the field and the pregame and the whole prep thing, that's where guys fall in love. That's where they hone their skills. So this is all you have to do. You email us at prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com with your, and you know what? You can enter every show. You could just send a different memory if you want to. So uh, every show we'll give out uh, a, a favorite baseball memory of ours. And I'm, I'm going with an obscure one. I am a huge Oral Hershiser fan. Um, became one in 88, and that'll be a memory for another show. Uh, so I, I love the Bulldog. And I used to play a lot of Stratomatic baseball. Did you ever play Stratomatic baseball? I never did, no. Uh, we'll get it. We'll do a, we'll do a show. We'll, uh, we'll play a game of Strat. It's, it's, is that a console? You no. Know, it's basically Dungeons and Dragons oh, for it's baseball. Not... It's dice and cards. Okay. I'll I'll uh, before you leave, maybe I'll show you my set. I'm <laughs> gonna nerd out. We, anyway, as kids, we used to play Stratomatic baseball all the time and hockey and things like that. I threw a no hitter with Oral Hershiser. Uh, we would just mix up rosters, draft rosters against one of my best friends, Buck. And uh, he he was so mad, but I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I just threw a no hitter with my. It'd be like today. If you put on MLB The Show, which I have over there, yeah. and I love it, by the way, and you threw a no-hitter with Marcus Stroman or something like that, if whoever your favorite pitcher might be, that's what it was like for me, but in <laughs> card form. So I'll actually show you at some point oh, Stratomatic cool. Baseball. So that's my obscure baseball memory. What, what? Give me a baseball memory from your history, from your life. I like baseball memory, hey? That's, uh, it sounds like that was a, a while ago for you. I, oh, I, I was like probably like 16 or something like you that. Know, you know, in, in, in grade school, grade four, we used to play scrub. So it was a, it was this smaller wood bat. We we're small kids, small wood bat, tennis ball. There was two bases. There was home and second. This is what we made up to play this cool. home and second, like some two on two, three on three, you know, home run was in the air, just past second base. You go get the ball. You could throw it off a guy to get him out or tag. Do you have ghost or, runners? Ghost runners, always. Ghost runners are the best. You got to have ghost runners. Gotta have, if, yeah. you're, if you don't have ghost runners, it's not a legit baseball game <laughs> as a kid, right? Like if you, if you show up and you're like, hey, place, where's the ghost runners? We don't have them. I'm out of here. You know what? We've still, I've done that in college baseball practices. We've got a ghost runner at one. Will you, we don't have for enough. me, run a uh, drill this year with your team and use a ghost oh, runner? Oh, for sure. Okay, thank you. Yeah, we'll do it up. So we played this game of scrub and dude, where I lived at that time was Moncton, Riverview, New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. And I, I was actually back there this summer. I hadn't been there since the early nineties and drove by where we did that. And, and to see it again, you know, just flooded the memory bank. Cool. So we, that group of kids, we played baseball in the summer, hockey in the winter, street hockey and hockey in the winter, baseball and scrub baseball in the summer. And it was just clockwork. We're like, what, you're there at 10, hey, yeah, we get a game going, boom, bang. Sometimes it's five on five. You only needed four. And we're going two on two today. Awesome. And we would play that for hours. And and that's how you get better at the game of baseball. It's, it's not always, a, it's not a practice. It's the outdoor rinks. It's the scrub baseball. It's the backyard. It's finding a way, throw a ball off a wall, make a game mm -hmm. out of it. 
bring your buddies in, and then all of a sudden you did three hours worth of baseball drills. Speaking of that, we used to play something called stealing bases. So, and it would be th- there'd be a uh, three of us. No, there'd be four of us: a pitcher, a catcher, guy on first, and a and a shortstop, second baseman, whatever. And the uh, guy on first would uh, he could lead off whatever because it was no first baseman. So it was kind of a stupid game. But he, the pitch would happen, or maybe we said he couldn't. He could only lead off a little bit. So the pitch would happen. He would try to steal second. And you try to throw them out. Like I, it, that was maybe one of my favorite games uh, as a kid. So it's it's true. You just you kind of make stuff up. So if you have a, a, a baseball memory and you want to be one of six people, uh, you and a guest, to watch a prospects game on Fan Appreciation Night, by the way, uh, with me in a suite and one of you taking batting practice. That is Saturday, August third. Email us prospectsbaseballshow at gmail dot com with a baseball memory. All right, this is the Prospects Baseball Show. I'm Dean Millard, Jordan Blundell, the manager, head coach. What what term do you, because in hockey, it's a head coach. In baseball, it's a manager. What what term do you like? Yeah, I think the, the, the head coach and the manager depends on what level you're doing in okay. baseball. You know, I think, honestly, I think there's, there's a there's a coaching element in this league, so you're you're not like Bruce Bochy, just a decision maker. Right. You're putting time in with the players uh, on individual drills. Not that Bochy doesn't do that, of course. But, but he's there got are people that do that. Multiple coaches yeah. that take care of departments. Um, you know, we we don't have the Giants' coaching budget, so you wear a few different hats. Um, I love the idea of being a manager, like the manager uh-huh. title. Um, it's it's big league. Uh, but I, uh, my roots are in coaching. So whatever works, manager, coach, um, head coach. In, in assistant GM too. You, yeah. You do some, uh, some yep. duties in, in that regard. I'll stay in that role, uh, to a lesser degree, you know, through the, through the off season, obviously there's a lot of things behind the scenes that, um, you know, you keep busy with, you know, your, your regular nine mm-hmm. to five type stuff. Um, and, and I'll, I'll, I have transitioned, um, I've, I've, got a little bit of help. I've got a couple people that have come on board that will take some of the load off for me. Uh, I'll still take care of a few things in that capacity throughout the season, uh, but my primary focus will be on the clubhouse and the fellas that are up here. Good stuff. So this is just a little bit about, uh, mostly about who you are. And uh, for, for those listening, if, if, you've, uh, if you're not familiar with me in the Edmonton area, I'm uh, originally born and raised in Brandon. Uh, started my broadcasting career in Brandon, which was uh, kind of a, a neat thing for me. You know, going to cover my first weekend game as a media member for a team I grew up. Uh, you know, it was a neat thing, and we'll get into you. Uh, you know, watching games and now uh, working at that uh, beautiful stadium in a second. But um, you know, I was in uh, television for many years, and then transitioned into radio here in Edmonton. And then, uh, unfortunately, uh, the show was uh, canceled with all the cutbacks that went on and at Bell Media, and so we're doing this. But I will say the seed was planted early because we had already talked about you joining us on Sports Night once a week, uh, and uh, we were going to create a fantasy league, and then things happened, and, uh, and and the show is no longer. But then it evolved into this, which I think is going to be a lot more fun than one 15-minute segment every week on the radio. We, we can go as long as we want here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me. Clear um, the schedules, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Jordan Blundell and, uh, you know, where where you uh, where you came from and uh, your, you know, maybe what really put you on the path of baseball. Yeah, um, 
I was born here, uh, Royal Alec. Uh, my family moved a little bit uh, when I was younger. So when we were when I was three, which I don't remember the first stint in Edmonton, we moved to Montreal, and I was there for six years, uh, three years before school, and then grades one, two, and three. Um, I was a Habs fan then. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know any better, uh, and grew up playing you know soccer, baseball, hockey, whatever sport I could get my athleticism on or lack thereof at the time. I wasn't very good at any of them. Um, and then our, our, our family moved. My dad was with CN, so we moved to New Brunswick for, uh, what was it, grades four and five, um, which was cool. You know, at the time, I didn't want to leave. And then when we got there, um, you know, obviously a, a different environment and, and scenery. So, you know, like the, the bush was right there, the creeks, everything like that happened for me. And got to explore and then when uh my dad took a position in Edmonton you know I was super sad to leave there all of a sudden so we came back home uh, Edmonton's hometown for me uh became an Oilers fan again uh, full full fledged um grew up playing hockey and baseball I was a goalie uh, Cujo was a big deal for me right you know that save the Dallas oh, save yeah. um unreal uh, and so I played baseball and hockey you know like summer summer winter and, uh, you know, in grade 12, it was kind of decision time, what I wanted to do or what, what should I pursue? And, you know, education was important for me. And, uh, you know, man, like I, I the, my grade 11 and 12 years summer, uh, like life kind of changed for me. Baseball became, uh, not that it wasn't a passion, but it was elevated. Full-fledged. I had yeah. awesome coaches here in, in Alberta. And, and now looking back on it, um, at the time I realized that I was, being coached well, I was getting lots of good information. Now looking back on it, um, that that's been confirmed. Like the level of baseball knowledge that I was given at that age, um, super fortunate to have been around these people that are still in the game in this community right now. Uh, Sheen Bromley is the technical director for Baseball Alberta. Um, he was my first coach, like real coach. Not that I didn't have, I had great dad coaches too, but mm-hmm. he was kind of that first, like, this is serious baseball, uh, get after it, this is how you play the game right. Real and, technical guy. Yeah, good. exactly. And and I needed that because I, I didn't have that, you know, polish and re- like polish. I wasn't even polished in grade 12, but to start that process, I needed that experience. So, um, you know, she was a big part of that. Uh, I had Gord Gerlach uh, actually in this league, and I consider Gord a mentor. Uh, he's a uh, you know a longtime area coach. Been been at the pro level and and done some terrific things at the youth level out in St. Albert right here. And um, so I was super fortunate. I went to school. I uh, stayed in Canada for a year and a half. Uh, the first year of the Canadian College Baseball Conference. So it's like a league of their own. The first year ever, I went out to Kamloops and played in that league, and then ended up in Jamestown, North Dakota, at the University of Jamestown. And, uh, I think this happens for a lot of guys, their, their college coach, uh, becomes someone special in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you, you know, stick it out and you have that four year experience, which I had, um, coach Hager, Tom Hager at uh, the university of Jamestown, you know, help, help, help me grow up. Uh, and I needed that and not to say I'm the most mature person in the world now, but, uh, he was a big part in, in my development as uh, you know, kind of transition from teenager to young man into being a man about things, and that's really what college baseball is 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 about. If uh, if you're one of the lucky ones that gets to play pro, good on you. 
but it's about the school. It's about the education. It's about growing up. And, uh, he did a great job. I'm super fortunate there. So at Jamestown, we set the school record four years in a row for wins. We broke our own record four years in a row. Uh, my senior year, we had a pretty special group. We were 45 and nine on the year. We lost four games in a row at the end of the year. So two, two games, it's a kind of a weird system back in the day. It was, so we won a bunch. We get into a super regional Mm. best of three. We're hosting first time Jamestown's ever hosted this. We're hosting a team from Nebraska. They come in, um, we win game one. So we're up one, oh, best of three game two. We're up bottom of the ninth. Oh, two count two out. Nobody (laughs) on guy hits a solo home run to tie it. Game tie, we lose an extra. Uh, Go to game three. We were up in the seventh inning, 12-7. And, dude, you, we lost 29-12 to 12 from 12-7 up. That's and, ridiculous. And it was it was like holding back tears. Was that your, your final college. game in college? At the time, I, we thought so. So this is where that – so there was eight teams. Like that wild cards or something? Yeah, there was a wild card. So we got the wild card berth. Uh, because we had won, all these super regionals are happening across the U.S., we were one of only two teams that went three games. The other teams were swept. Right. So we were granted the at-large bid to go to the World Series. We go to the series, lose two two close games. They call that a two in barbecue in <laughs> in baseball, two nice. in Q. And then that's it for college. Um, and then and I've been coaching ever since. I got uh, the opportunity to uh, go to Nanaimo. Uh, coached. Uh, Ran a program out there, Vancouver Island University. I, I did a year at Jamestown in the spring of 05. Coached the college program, you know, as an assistant. Took the job for the fall of 05 and went out to the island and uh, did 12 years out there. We uh, we were fortunate enough. We got a championship out of that. A couple players drafted. And, you know, I, I think at the end of the day it was uh, – um, my personal goals for the program, the things that I wanted to accomplish as uh, you know a leader, we were able to do that in my time there. We ended up getting a high school academy, and nice. um, you know I had a bunch of players move on to U.S. schools from that from that spot on scholarship. So, you know, a lot of lot of check marks there. Had a great time, met uh, some some lifelong friends there, and um, at that point, uh, I think my time had run its course out there. And I was fortunate enough to get another opportunity to to come home. It was something that was in the back of my mind, uh, you know, my whole adult life is to get an opportunity to be in Edmonton and and do this thing, baseball. Um, so I uh, joined uh, a good friend of mine in the the uh, you know managing director of the Prospects Baseball Academy, and so I did that. Uh, that was two. This will be that's two years ago. So this is kind of the third spring I've been back. And at the same time, I, I hooked back up with the Edmonton Prospects, my my original franchise. I played on the team in 05 and, and 06. I did a little Reggie Dunlop in 07. <laughs> I was the, the manager, but I played in 10 games. There was different age requirements back then as compared to now. Uh, so I uh, did played a few games there, and that was uh, our managing partner's first year with the Prospects. That was 2007. We played out of Legion Field in St. Mm. Albert. One of the nicest facilities in Canada. I've seen a lot. I haven't seen them all. It's beautiful. Nice. St. Albert kids are so fortunate. Um, so I got got to do that. Uh, did a, did five years in the WNBL at the time. Now it's the WCBL. Uh, coached youth baseball. I've done peewee right up to midget. 
had a group of kids in Nanaimo. Uh, we won provincials, went to nationals, which, which is pretty cool. Um, so I got to experience that and we got to go to Quebec, which you're always pumped when you win a youth tournament. So it's like, if we win a tournament in Edmonton, we don't want to go to Fort Mac. We want to go somewhere that we sure, can't yeah, go. Yeah. Right. So uh, I was in Quebec, which was cool. Cause I had spent time there as a youth. So I got to see that. Uh, and the other cool part of that was, uh, my dad came with, nice. so we went after the tournament, we, we weren't successful in the tournament. Yeah, you lose that first game in a tournament, you're in trouble. You got to win the first game. Yeah. That sets you up. So after the tournament, we we kicked down to the States for about a week, did Yan- new Yankee Stadium, Camden Yards, and Washington Nationals Park. Great trip, came back, and, and uh, yeah, now I'm here. So really excited to be at this level again. Uh, it's been a few years since I've been on field with, with uh, this level. I've obviously coached college baseball and, and been around uh, – you know, this, this environment, you know, basically my whole life since 1999. Um, but, uh, to get back on the field, that was uh, part of the plan long-term. It, it ha- probably happened a little sooner than I thought it was going to that, uh, that I'm managing the ball club here this summer, uh, but couldn't be happier. Uh, really excited. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed, man. I feel, I feel really fortunate. I've got a great coaching staff, uh, Austin Guzzo, who's uh, from Ontario, Brooklyn, Ontario, not the, not the borough, Brooklyn. Uh, he's been great, uh, young guy. He went uh, to the University of Iowa, the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. And man, whenever he sees a Nebraska or a Red anything, he's just you know he's put off a little bit. He's a Hawkeye through and through. He's been awesome. Uh, couldn't be happier with what he's brought to the table. Um, you know, makes me look good, which is which is great, and and does so many little things that no one would ever know. And uh, my other assistant coach would kind of be a bench coach, uh, Rob Boyk, a childhood friend we played growing up. Rob and I coached together in this league in 2008 with the Shura Park Dukes, a, mm. a one and done franchise. Uh, we had a great time there. We had a great team. We had some success, lost in the second round of the playoffs, um, and, and kind of natural fit. He's been in youth baseball around this community forever. Team Alberta, been to, I don't even know how many national championships with teams from here. Um, you know, basically just a winner. His teams win games. Uh, and we're, we're friends and, and we, you know, we think alike. I don't think that, uh, you know, coaching staff, you, you, hey, whatever we say, it's like, hey, man, we're just repeating ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's debate, there's discussion, but um, there is a commonality to some of our thought process. And, and you know, at the end of the day, we want, we're here to help the guys uh, improve, uh, win ball games, and, and have a boss. Good stuff. We're going to get into a little bit more about this year's team in a second, but uh, we'll have some fun right now. Let's talk a little fantasy yeah. baseball. So I know you have a trade or, or some business that you took care of that you wanted <laughs> to talk about when it comes to fantasy baseball. And, and then I'm going to talk about two guys. Uh, one uh, having an awful year that I just dumped. and uh, Well, not dumped, but and one that uh, I'm, I'm really excited about. So let, what, what do you got uh, for a little fantasy baseball? It kind of feels today? like dumping. When you let a guy go that you had your heart set on, all yeah. well, the, the guy that was in top three of MVP voting uh, last year, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, I had a busy day this morning, and and just to be clear, 
Uh, fantasy baseball takes precedent over every other <laughs> everything that goes on in life. Yeah, I, I'm sure you prospects know? fans are excited. Yeah, too. exactly. Listen, right? Do you think we should put in a relief pitcher? Uh, you know what? I'm just looking at uh, my waiver claims for this week. I'll get back to you in a second, boss. Yeah. So the people that play fantasy baseball know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, we're we're you're always grinding. You're trying to find that diamond yeah, in the rough. For sure. Um, this morning I did a bunch of lineup shuffling. So I've been working starting pitcher, relief pitcher. So in my league, there's six scoring categories, offense and pitching. It's a keeper league with guys that I played with on the 05 prospects and then some other people. Okay. It's called brew ball. Shout out to the brews. You always got to do that. Nice. Uh, shout out to, uh, the E-Town rundown podcast. A couple of those guys are doing their thing and they're, like they're doing great. Um, actually I got offered a trade cause I'm, I'm not doing well in fantasy. The vultures are circling right yeah. now, and I had to say, "Hey, I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to fire sale." So, but you got to back up. So, I made some waiver wire. I, I went with uh, Mike Canna. Came back for the A's. He was injured. Um, he's firing on on all cylinders. That offense is dangerous if they get clicking. And Oakland's that team that all of a sudden rips off a 15 and two month. It's um, happened. They, they've done it multiple yeah. times. So that middle of the lineup with Chapman and Canna, if they get firing, so I grabbed him. I uh, dropped uh, Danny Santana from Texas. He wasn't really doing much. Um, so for me, the, there's some strategy on that pitching staff. Uh, the the, R, the RP slots versus the just starting pitcher mm-hmm. and relief pitcher. So I've got a lot of versatility. I've got five or six starters that, that are just starting pitchers. They log my innings. They rack up the Ks. For me in our league, and what I think is a good strategy for, for my team anyway, which isn't really working so far this year, but it has in the past, is getting those guys that are dual positionally, the SP and the for RP. Sure, yeah. um, so I've got a bunch of those guys, and and you know what? Those guys will go on streaks of like three, four weeks where they're unhittable, and then you know they'll regress a little bit. If you're able to stay on top of that and, and kind of watch watch the seven-day and the 14-day, who's hot, who's not on your I play Yahoo Fantasy, so mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty accessible to figure out who's doing what. Uh, so we make those moves. Um, I've got a ton of guys right now that are versatile like that. It's It keeps you with that low whip For sure. and high Ks. And so K-Walk is important in my league. A good friend of mine I know is in another league. They don't do that. Um, our league it does, so K-Walk's important. And that really links up to your whip. If you've got a high K walk, generally your whip's not very high. So that whip, whip right around one, you're dominant. One, two, one, one, five, one, two, you're all right. And if you're starting to flirt with one, three whip, you might want to get on that waiver wire and, and see what you can find. Uh, let's see what I did here. My I, whip is 0.923. That's legit. Right this week, my opponent is one, three. Yeah. yeah and so, you basically got this week wrapped up. Well, for that category, yeah. I also, uh, I, I dropped Cole Calhoun and picked up Max Kepler. The twins, twins are on fire. When you see a, when you see a team that's ripping off wins and scoring runs, hitting is contagious. So that's going right through their lineup right and now. Miguel Sano hit two home runs the other day. There you Same go. Game. And Polanco at shortstop. He's a speed power guy, average guy. I think he, where is he at right now? He's top 20 in fantasy. And I was lucky enough to grab him on the waiver wire earlier mm-hmm. in the year. He's ranked 21 in the season. So I picked up Kepler. He's a guy that I drafted. You know, when you draft that team in March, you're so pumped for guys, and you're based on what they're going to do and got off to a slow start. Yeah, I had to let him go. 
it was a tough call. I had to bring him into the manager's yeah. office. Say, hey, we're going to have to let you go here. Uh, he's you're, back on the wire. You're unfortunately practicing for future career as a manager <laughs> where you're going to have to do that at exactly. some point. Yeah, and that's, that's why fantasy takes precedent that's in all right. things. It leads to all your decisions it's in life. Basically college. <laughs> um, so he was a good pickup. And then the, the other guy I picked up uh, real quick was Tuki Toussaint. Uh, he's coming up. I think he's going to be a reliever in Atlanta. They've done the the starter, the AAA, come back, kind of bounce them around a little bit. They're so good on the mound in Atlanta. They have so many young arms, like Soroka, like yeah. Max Freed, like Tukey, that I think his role is actually going to be um, going to be solidified as that like one, two, three inning guy every couple of days, not an everyday guy, yeah. and maximize his velo so that he can bounce back. So it's like a two inning, three days off, two inning, two days off an inning, you know what? If he puts six innings up in a week, it's basically a start and you're most likely going to get 10 Ks out of that. And he doesn't walk guys. He pounds his own even more so as a reliever than mm-hmm. he does as a starter. So uh, I'm playing the percentages on that. Um, there's one other guy I wanted to bring up here. Let's see. Who was it? I'm, I'm hurting in saves. There was really nothing I could do about that. Um, I thought I had the right guy, Jose Leclerc, out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's that that ERA balloon. He got the closer role was stripped from him, and and now he's he's in trouble. So here's a here's another guy that's coming up. Just got picked up. Um, his name is Kevin Cron. He's not up yet. He might be up now as we speak. Arizona Diamondbacks. CJ Cron's little brother. Mm, okay. CJ's having a good year. He's he's kind of one of those fantasy. CJ's one of these fantasy guys that he has good numbers, but but the OPS isn't quite high enough to pull Voltum into that stratosphere. Yeah. But he's a bomb. He's a bomb hitter. So he's gonna hit thirty. He's gonna drive in a bunch of runs. Yeah, there's always room for that guy in your life. Always, always. So you, you kind of play that anyway. Kevin Cron's coming up. His little brother. He's got twenty one bombs in the minor leagues mm-hmm. in like forty four games right now. Impressive. He is, he's aggressive at the plate. So Kevin Cron's that uh, insider pick, if if you could even call me on like 10th or 12th on my fantasy team right now. If I'm the insider, Kevin Cron's your guy. You can uh, chime in with us. You can either email us at prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com or uh, just get us on Twitter at jordanblundell4 and uh, head to uh, prospectsbaseball.com, of course, and uh, get your tickets. Home opener tomorrow. And uh, lots of tickets uh, available throughout the season. It's going to be a really, really beautiful summer. You should get out uh, to the ballpark. So my league is the uh, Great White North uh, Baseball League. Keeper League? It's a keeper league. Uh, you're allowed to, uh, It's but it's a dynasty league. So you sign players from either one or four year deals. And then at the end of the year, uh, you can re-sign a guy. You got first dibs. No, yet your own guys. So, um, so you get that like July twenty fourth, one week to negotiate with your guy before the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's say Trevor Story is on a one year deal, and so his contract expires. I can re-sign him to a one, two, three, or four year deal. Only one guy each year, though, and a guy can only be re-signed once, and then he becomes a free agent. So. You can own a guy for eight years, basically. Okay. And then he automatically So you can double becomes, for it. You yeah, can you double, can double it if you want. Yeah. Here's the thing in our league. If you sign a guy to a four-year deal, you cannot release him. I tried to release Addison oh. Russell. 
Oh no, man. I had signed up to a four year deal because I was blind. There, I was yeah, but it's it makes you think. You can't just. I was blindly throwing out four year deals to all my rookies because we also have ten rookie slots. Yeah, we do a draft, but I got screwed out of getting Vlad Guerrero. But Jamie Thomas is our commissioner, uh, uh, formerly of uh, Sportsnet, and uh, now with uh, Jets TV. Um, Sports Night fame with me on uh, TSN 1260. Really good friend of mine. But he screwed me out of getting Vlad Guerrero because I had the first overall pick in our rookie draft. We have a toilet bowl. You win the toilet bowl. The teams that don't make the playoffs get a the little first incentive. Pick. I should have got Vlad, and he had some weird rule because of how <laughs> Vlad came in. Then the next year, Vlad was allowed to be drafted. I'm like, you screwed me. But I will say this Jamie helped me out a lot this year because. I had done a whole bunch of. I picked up uh, Syndergaard and Trevor Story, and I was lo- I was trying to load up. Then I got let go and turned my phone off for a week. And our draft happened, and I wasn't there. I didn't. I wasn't able to do our draft. And Jamie tried to jet draft for me because yeah. he's a good friend. So he he did me a solid there. So I I ended up having to, but he could only do so much because he has his own team in the league. He's our commissioner. <laughs> so I ended up having to go fill the rest of my roster for free agency, and we get a hundred dollars, and it's a bid process. So I have like three dollars left now. Yeah. So anyway, I had um, Jose Ramirez. This is the guy I wanted to talk about. Top three in MVP voting last year. Uh, was just an absolute monster last year. Uh, 105 RBIs, 39 home runs, just awesome. Uh, I think he won the Silver Slugger, or he's in the Silver Slugger vote. Yeah. So anyway, so I big plans for him this year. Well, this year he's hitting a buck 98. Uh, he only has four home runs, and his uh his OPS is 602 for an MVP candidate. That was uh 939 last year. That's a big drop, and uh, so I I was like, okay. I'm done. Um, all of our teams are named after our high schools. So I'm the Crocus Plains Plainsman. That's where I went to school. Crocus Plains. Shout out to Plainsman. Grad of 93. So I said, the bank of Crocus Plains is open. And I listed all these players. And I somebody wanted Ramirez. And so they could resign him. They said, hey, he's on an expiring contract. So, yeah, yeah. So I was like. He's only got one way to go. And I can't resign him. I, so he's going to be a free agent. So. I was going to lose him anyway. They wanted him. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I tried to. This is a guy I got Story and Syndergaard from. I tried to get my pick back. He's yeah. like, no, no, I'm keeping that pick. <laughs> your pick's going to be good because I'm in last right now. Yeah. So, and but I ended up get. Um, I got Max Muncie, who's on an expiring contract, but I can re-sign him. So I'll have Muncie for this year and four more years. And I'm a Dodger guy, so yeah. I load up. I I traded. I regret it now. I regret it, um, but I traded for Clayton Kershaw. I don't regret that, but guess what Dodger pitcher I gave up to get Clayton Kershaw? Not Walker. Yeah. No. I did. No, dude. I Sorry. I was, <laughs> I was, I, my fan of Clayton Kershaw took over, and I didn't. I did. Now, in my defense, this was before Bueller blew up last year. Okay, well, that that's okay then. Yeah, I mean, but then I'm like, oh my god. I mean, it was probably just, coming, yeah, but I just, I just was too in love with Kershaw. So kinda, anyway, kind of did this. They wanted Ramirez, so I ended up getting Max Muncie, and um, there's put some position versatility there. First and third, maybe second for he, Muncie. He plays actually. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll tell you right now. He plays uh, first, second, and third. So that that's a, that's a big part. And I gave away Ramirez, my third baseman, so I can play him there. Um, and then I went and I got, uh, 
Blake Rutherford, just a, a prospect with the Chicago uh, White Sox. But the the guy I got, Alex Reyes from the St. Louis yes. Cardinals, which is, listen, this guy cannot stay healthy. But if he ever does, he's I think he's only like 26 or something like that. He could be a stud. And that that's a gamble I'm taking. His stuff but is I'm losing legit. Ramirez anyway, so yeah. I thought that was a, a pretty uh, yeah to get a good get a potential one arm there uh, on Ramirez and get Muncie like if Muncie can if you can find a third baseman and slide Muncie into two all of a sudden there's some huge well, value. Well, that's what I did. Um, my, I, I have uh, I have Miguel Sano on the bench that I can slide him in there, and yeah. Brian Dozier is my second baseman. Muncie can replace him easily. So yeah, Dozier. You might I, might be getting. A, it's like my second time having him in fantasy baseball. Like you just, yeah, you don't, you just don't learn like, with some guys. You just don't learn, eh? Yeah. Yeah, Doge, I think he's on the the back end here oh, of he, the career. He, yeah, he's on the back nine for. He's on like the the back six or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's heading into the clubhouse here exactly. pretty soon. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's a little fantasy baseball talk. Um, we'll, we'll do that every week, and like you said, you can uh, chime in at uh, any time on uh, social media fee- feeds at Prospect Baseball Show at Jordan Blundell. Four. We also want to uh, give away some tickets at this time, so uh, we're going to take you out to the ball game. Uh, this uh, these tickets are for Saturday, June eighth. It is minor baseball night with fireworks. Uh, Okotoks is in town, so that's like the uh, Battle of Alberta version of uh, your league. I, I hope the Oilers don't sue us for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the uh, it's minor baseball night uh, with fireworks uh, for Okotoks. Uh, all you have to do is uh, you can get two tickets to this game by answering this trivia question through our email, prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com. How many Canadians are in Cooperstown? Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, one guy who isn't but should is uh, is Larry Walker. We can all agree on that. But tell us how many Canadians are in Cooperstown, which is the Baseball Hall of Fame, and you could win two tickets to... The Saturday, June 8th game, minor baseball night. Should be a fun night at the ballpark with fireworks and Okotoks in town. This is the Prospects Baseball Show. I'm Dean Millard, and I'm joined by uh, the head coach, manager, assistant GM, (laughs) jack of all trades, uh, the man behind the decision-making for the on-field product for the Prospects Baseball team, uh, for the Edmonton Prospects, rather, uh, Jordan Blundell. And uh, in in this segment, Jordan, we we talked a little bit about your uh, history and how how you got here, uh, you know, which is cool to be, I imagine... um, you know, running the the on field show at a uh, beautiful stadium. We used to visit as a kid to watch games, so that's a a cool thing. But let's just give our listeners a little insight into um, the league and uh, you know your team this year. This is a summer collegiate league, so a lot of these guys and, and a lot of the guys that are going to be in your league are probably still playing right now. Is that safe to say? Is are there guys that are still in? Or, or is the collegiate season just has it wrapped up? Uh, it, like the the run for the College World Series is certainly not over. Yeah, you know what? Uh, the, the the last few teams are remaining at uh, at the Division One level. They're going through their tournaments now. Their, their Division One baseball uh, ends a little bit later than mm-hmm. some of the other levels. Um, like the SEC tournaments on right now, and and I had a chance to watch that. I was down in Hoover, Alabama last year at this time. Like, oh my goodness. What a what a treat that was! I've got a really good story about this. So, Old Miss is playing LSU, and so this is like Flames mm-hmm. Oilers times a billion, a thousand, yeah, yeah. A billion. So, uh, I'm down there with four coaches, and there's a big, there's a lot of rain, like an hour of rain, and then it's nice, and then 30 minutes of rain, and kind of intermittent. So there's a rain delay, 
And so we, myself and one of the other coaches just happened to be sitting on the Ole Miss side. The other two just happened to be on LSU, then this game gets going again as rivalry. So I'm sitting in the booster section. This is like old time, old Miss, just like the movie, The Blind Side, like the old Miss mm-hmm. baby. So we're in the stands, and and it ends up being that the old Miss pitcher, there's two outs, I think it was bases loaded, come back to the mound, and he tries to throw it to the plate. Instead of throwing it to one, anything's mm-hmm. over, we're going to hit, and and, <laughs> and messes up the throw. It's an error, throwing error. Two-run score, LSU is now ahead in this game. So that side of the stadium is going LSU Tiger Bananas. Old Miss, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting beside, you know, a retired 75-year-old, kind of like looks like he golfs all the time, and like, like the reaction on our side, the old Miss side, was just like, oh, man, what the heck is he doing? And with a little bit of Southern draw, and, and you know, everybody just like disappointed, shocked. Well, Old Miss comes back. Old Miss wins this game. So the LSU Tigers, they were going bananas, the fans, now the old Miss side, and I'm in the middle of it. I'm high, I'm acting like I've been for old Miss my whole life, high fiving. What an experience that is! So that's that's the top level SEC tournament um, for us. Uh, most of our guys, uh, we got, uh, yep, everybody's done now. So they're just kind of cycling back in. Some of the guys, unfortunately for them, lost last week, mm-hmm. uh, midweek around this time, uh, probably thir- Wednesday or Thursday last week. They they were eliminated. There are now the World Series happening. So if you're on one of those, you know, 10 of 200 teams at your level, you got the World Series coming up. So all our guys, unfortunately, uh, got bounced there at the end of the week last week. We had some some guys on teams that had opportunities to do something special to get that dog pile. Um, so most of the guys will be kind of filtering in here right away. All right, so let's talk specifically about the Edmonton prospects this year. Um, you know, you have uh, the opportunity to mold – um, you know, your, I was going to say Frankenstein, but that kind of sounds a little bit weird. Create your <laughs> own uh, baseball Frankenstein. But in a way, a baseball team is a bit of a, a Frankenstein because there's uh, so many different um, parts to it and uh, you know, position players versus pitchers and things like that. But tell us a little bit about what your version of the prospects are going to look like. Is there um, a style that you guys will uh, aim to achieve? Yeah, you know, I think our team is going to be full of guys that, uh, as you describe in Canada, when I've been in the U.S. with baseball guys, third-line grinders. Um, you, there's some there's some talent. There's some some players that are special here. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and having seen that last night, there's some guys that can, can do some things. Uh, and those guys, right through the whole roster, are full of guys that are baseball players, first and foremost, the, the passion, uh, the amount of work it takes behind the scenes on game days, you know, off days to prepare to be good at the sport. Mm-hmm. We've got a whole roster full of those guys, which is really exciting. Um, it's it's something that, you know, we tried to recruit. You do your homework. You hope that uh, you're able to have that. And that was one of the things that we talked about with the coaches and the players themselves was, you know, this these are what our expectations are. And, and we want to be successful. And we want guys that are committed to doing that. You know, if that doesn't fit for you, you know, we'll we'll look elsewhere. So we were up front with them with that. And, and uh, you know what? So far, so good. Great group of kids so far. Uh, young men. And like like I'm this old dad. Type mm-hmm. guy. You know, these young men have been awesome so far. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be around them for the short time, the week. You know, we'll have some ups and downs for sure. Uh, but I think 
the character of the person was important because we do so much with the youth in the community. You know, minor baseball night, we, we go out and do some camps. Sundays are autograph days, so nice. our, our field's open at field level for kids and everybody to come down meet the players. That's one thing I just want to mention. Uh, check out prospectsbaseball.com, your website, because the promotional uh, and, and uh, different themes that you guys have off the charts this year, they, they did a really great job. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and that's a lot of hard work in the off season to come mm-hmm. up with that stuff. So, uh, like the third line grinder mentality was a part of this. You know, obviously we're looking for the most talented players. Of course, you're not going to turn away a Connor McDavid. Exactly, type, yeah, type exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then, and then on top of that, I think there was some emphasis on some athleticism, some guys that could cover our outfield, which is the third biggest professional ballpark in North America. Uh, Remax Field what? is ginormous. Say that again. The outfield space is the third biggest professional park in North America. So there are only two ballparks, and both of them, I imagine, are major league ballparks that are bigger than the outfield in Edmonton? You know what? I'm dating myself. So this was in the baseball prospectus guidebook that I used to sub- subscribe to. Wow. You know, this is a while ago now. Um, but what I do know is they don't make ballparks big anymore. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so right. anything that's been created, but you just look at the dimensions, like right, right field's normal. It's 320. It goes out to 420 in center. And then left field line is 340, which is a bit of a shot. <laughs> yeah. And that goes out to 420. Especially for me to go opposite field. <laughs> There's not a ton of oppo bombs at, <laughs> yeah, at Remax no Field. Um, so once you get into the gaps, it, it, that's where you see it. Okay. It's a big park. Like awesome. We had one of our guys absolutely crush a ball and he landed on the track and, and that ball was hammered. Yeah. Like that's how, and that ball he hit, you know, like, and there's some for the fans maybe to understand is that ball's out of a ton of big league parks off his bat. Mm. That's a no doubt home run out of big league parks where this park makes it look like, you know, this college kid can't hit it mm. out. That ball is launched in probably most of the big league parks dimension-wise. The thing I loved about being at the ballpark last night, and I'm looking forward to being at uh, a Saturday's game to uh, host the uh, live stream that we're doing of it, is the sound. The sa- like, There's just nothing like, you know, listen, uh, you can hit <laughs> a real bomb with an aluminum bat. It just doesn't sound as good. Oh, it's it's just nothing. Wood bat is, I'm a big romance baseball, romantic baseball guy, like, a, like I, I think I'm uh, somehow reincarnated as James Earl Jones character for Field of Dreams. I just love the game of baseball yeah. and I love the sound. I love our intro, how there's the crack of the bat in our intro. So I wanted to to get that uh, out there. So let's talk pitching. What's the, uh, you know, are, are these guys, uh, you know, do you have uh, a set rotation of four, five, three? Uh, do these guys go six, seven? And, you know, I know one of your lads threw a no-no last year. That was pretty awesome to yeah, get them crazy, live on the yeah. radio after that. But, you know, what's the, you know, are these guys, uh, you know, five, six-inning guys, three, four-inning guys? I, you know, last night you, you, you rotated a lot to get a bunch of guys in there. But yeah. what's the pitching strategy? Um, you know, I and think does it change maybe? Yeah, it definitely changes. It's a long season in a short time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's, there's ups and downs with, with arm fatigue and things of that nature. Um, yeah, we have an idea of, you know, five, six, seven of the eight guys that, that can start that would like to start that are starters. Um, you know, that's probably too many to do a, a typical rotation. 
Um, you're probably looking at more like a six-man rotation, the way our schedule works, a lot of five- and six-game weeks. Um, when that happens, you know, you need another guy here and there. Um, part of this deal is making sure players have the ability to improve that we put them in that position um, as, as you know, manager and coaches. We give them the opportunity to improve so that they can grow their game. Uh, the other part of this is is they need to be healthy when they go back to school. Those are the relationships sure. that we're creating that are geared towards long-term frivolity back and forth. You know, So as our youth players in this community get to certain levels in, in grade 11 and 12 and become enticing, well, there's a lot of options for these kids in Edmonton because of this program, because we contact these schools. So it's a little bit of quid pro quo back and mm. forth. Not that that's how it has to play out. It's just, it's natural. Well, you, you're going to build, you're not going to have a great relationship or get a great recommendation from a coach if you send his player back with a, a torn rotator cuff because you used him too much. Exactly. You know, things will happen. I'm sure of some, course, yeah. somebody will get hurt. On, you know, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. We're, we're hopeful that it doesn't. That's just life. Though. It, it it's is. human nature. And, and so coaches understand that. Now, you know, if, if you're abusing or, or semi-abusing the arm and, and going too much to the well or mm-hmm. leaving them out too long and there's some pitch count kind of criteria as you guys see in the big leagues, kind of where they do things. Um, the big leagues are different than, than college, but but there's some, some guidelines and some things that we'll be aware of and pay attention to. And you know what? Part of that is is if you use them too much, the, their effectiveness goes down as well. And they want to perform. They want to have numbers. You know, that's part of what this is, is, you know, at the end of the year, you want to have success and, and your numbers tell some of that story, not the whole story. You could have one bad outing that affects your numbers, but you're you know, basically dominant for the rest. And that's part of what this is too. And kind of realizing where you're at. Um, so yes, long, long story short, uh, we'll have a few guys, um, designed to start. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, there is some internal competition on this pitching staff, uh, and which, which as coaches, we're really excited about, um, a lot of talent, a lot of, as, as your favorite guy was called a lot of bulldogs mm-hmm. already. And just knowing them briefly, um, it face to face over recruiting, you can get to know them a little bit, but now we're face to face. There's some bulldogs on that pitching staff. Uh, and, and if that doesn't excite you as a baseball coach, then what, where, where you at, you know, you're not doing the right thing in life. We're going to meet a lot of those players over the course of this show. Um, they're going to join us uh, here in studio. Uh, this will uh, come out on Mondays regularly. This is the uh, special edition home opener that we threw together. Now, okay, with that, I want to uh, uh, transition into uh, our, our final segment and get into our all-time teams. But I want to remind people that the home opener is tomorrow. I sound like Jim Carr from Slapshot. Hey. <laughs> The Chiefs return to Charlestown. Um, the home opener. They're on the bus. Home opener. Walt driving the bus, making it look meaner. With the so, windows that go down one right, of those yeah, buses. Yeah, yeah. So the home opener for the Prospects is on a Saturday, 7.05. You can get tickets at prospectsbaseball.com. So let's wrap up the show now in our final segment here with a, uh, a contest and a little bit of a, a debate thrown in, which is which is my favorite thing. I, I uh, The... the the thing I I loved about television was ripping off highlights. I loved anchoring highlights. It was a blast. But you really limited in television. And then when I got into radio, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I used to have five minutes. Now I have three hours. So the debate part of my game grew. So I love debating. And we're going to do that with a couple of things. First of all, it's a, another contest. 
Like we lead the league in contests for sure on this show. <laughs> so this is called all-time team. So we're doing this a couple of different ways. We want your list for the best and or favorite players of all time at each position. So we're going to have all the, the uh, field positions, uh, including obviously a starting pitcher. We're going to have a relief pitcher and a DH. So 11 in total. And I don't know where you stand on the DH. We'll get into that in the future episodes, but <laughs> I think that's a good debate at one point. So we're going to have two different winners. One for somebody who submits the best team at all every position and one who submits their favorite team. And you can enter both. I don't I don't think one person is going to win both of these, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So so we're going to start with right field today and we're going to count down to 1 and then we'll do uh, D well we'll count down to 2 rather. Then we'll go DH relief pitcher, starting pitcher. That's the order we're going to reveal ours each week. But you, the listener, submit your entire team. Email us at prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com. Prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com. So send us every position plus a DH and obviously include a starting and a relief pitcher. And we'll pick a winner. So we're going to pick two different winners. And this is the cool thing. This is what you get. Winners receive winter banquet tickets. Uh, so two tickets uh, per winner to the winter banquet. Tell us, first of all, what the winter banquet is. It's the annual banquet. Uh, we, we host a guest speaker last year, uh, Buck Martinez. Sweet. was awesome. Got to spend a little time with him while he was here. and he did a promo for you guys. Awesome. I saw. Awesome. And like get to hang out and talk about baseball stuff with Neat. Buck. Awesome. What, what a great setup. Like the, the voice of the Blue Jays and how many things he's seen over his career. Uh, two years ago with Robbie Alomar and I got the opportunity to hang out with him a little bit too and talk, you know, talk about baseball development with Robbie and, and what they're doing in Puerto Rico and the T12 stuff and, and what we're doing here in the Blue Jay Super Camps and, you know, a little bit about maybe some of that Oakland home run stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the banquet's a really cool opportunity for us to kick off our season in the winter, mm-hmm. you know, it's a February event. Uh, we've had it at the Blatchford Hangar, which is, uh, have you ever been down mm-hmm. there? It's, it's super unique, cool, uh, like this rustic old feel, Beautiful. old town. Um, uh, for us, it's been a great fit uh, for for what we want to do. It's a gala, it's a formal thing. Um, so we're working on our guest speaker to be announced at a later date. Beautiful. We've had some awesome people, so we're going to try and continue that uh, trend. Um, so it's, is, it's, do they speak? So people, it's a dinner and they come and they, they listen to the guest speaker and di- different people and, you know, maybe get a chance to mingle with different people. Yeah, exactly. Baseball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's some mingling opportunities there. Uh, you know, obviously the guest speaker will, will talk about, uh, some things, uh, two years ago we did a Q and a with Robbie, awesome. uh, last year, Buck. Buck knows how to speak. He took the mic and went to work and, and told some stories. Yeah, you don't have to set up any kind of format. Just be like, here's the mic, go yeah, to town. Yeah, right? Buck go to he's work. A showman. Yeah, oh, exactly. He's a, he's a professional. Um, There's, you know, listen, not many former players become play-by-play. A lot of former players become, become color uh, commentators, but there's not a lot in sports in general that say, I played the game, now I'm calling the game. That's a unique skill set. It seems like a catcher type thing to yeah, do. Totally, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. um, so we'll have a silent auction with some great, great options at all different levels. There's some really kind of high end stuff. And then, and then there's regular stuff for, for anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. So there's some cool things there. Uh, 
throw a shout out to Studio YEG. It's in Westbrook on the south side of Edmonton. They've been a huge supporter of our program. Um, Cass's studio there is unreal. Nice. Like she is such a great artist. Uh, so Studio YEG is is a big big supporter of us, and they've put some things in there, and, and those have been really popular. Bidding wars on on their stuff. Um, you know, your sports memorabilia and, and lots of other things, passes to different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever done one of those water soaks? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, so you sit in a tub and it's like really but, tranquil. Yeah, I've had baths before, thanks. <laughs> I, yeah, I, well, you, know, you just pay pay, pay a lot of money to take this specific bath. Like, So it's an Epsom salt in this specific room. Oh, that's it's, cool. It's really, uh, and some ambiance music. Okay, I'd be down for that. I think this is uh, maybe a, a Eastern European, Swedish, Norwegian type thing that's come over here. So I've done it once. It was it was cool. I'm down for that. See, I used to just put on Iron Maiden in my ghetto blaster <laughs> and get in the bath or something. I think this will be a lot more peaceful. That, than that sounds like a good relaxing. Yeah. They throw a little ice. That's the high. East End version of what you're talking. <laughs> East End Brandon version of what you're talking about. Ghetto blaster, cassette tape, yeah. Maiden. Turn the water on. Hopefully, your brother doesn't run the tap upstairs and you get a cold <laughs> shower. But this sounds a lot more tranquil. Yeah. Than that. So that was one of the people uh, that that have partnered with us in the past so the event's a great night uh you get to mingle with lots of other businesses and corporate people the guest speaker the silent auction um formal get a chance to dress up and, and have a night out with uh your significant other your loved one or, or some corporate business partners uh, and for us it is kind of like the unofficial opening pitch to the season nice. it's our first foray into that year so february 2020 all right so that's what you're getting tickets to. That sounds like a, an awesome night, and I think everybody's going to be looking forward to it. So all you have to do, once again, is email us, prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com with your all-time team. It can either be your favorite or the best or one of each. Uh, we're starting with right field, but you, if you're entering this contest, send us your entire team from right field to catcher, then do DH. Uh, relief pitcher, starting pitcher, so 11 in total. So we're starting with right field today. And um, um, the, in, in my opinion, when one of the players who is considered the greatest player of all time in any position plays this position, I got to go with the Bambino, Babe Ruth. Um, we, I told you about that game, Stratomatic Baseball. We played like the 1927 season. So you get that and you, just mix, you draft. I ended up ch- trading Hack Wilson to a guy who had Gehrig and Ruth. Oh, man. Now, I got Lefty Grove and uh, uh, Simmons and Jimmy Fox. I got some good players back. I needed a pitcher, Lefty Grove. But I, I gave a guy Hack Wilson, Lou Gehrig, and Babe Ruth. There's and, never a run that isn't being driven <laughs> in with those Gehrig. guys. So I'm going with Babe Ruth as the all-time greatest right fielder just because he is synonymous with being one of the best players in the game. Now, I know who your best player is, and you could probably say that about him. So uh, why don't you give me who you think is the best right fielder of all time? Yeah, a little bit, uh, you know, speed the the uh, timeline up a little bit. I'm going with Hank Aaron, uh, you know, the home run leader until recently with some potential asterisks mm-hmm. aside mm-hmm. there. Um for me, the, the the combination of defense, arm, power, um, you know, frankly, the time in the world when he was doing this no kidding, is, is part of it. You know, maybe not that we're out of that realm now. As, as but some lessened, things, certainly, yeah, lessened. Uh, that would have been awful to do. Like that. That's just 
you know, how, how do you even want to go to work with that happening? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, not as severe as what Jackie dealt with, but, um, you know, there was, there was death threats. There was things as he was approaching that record. Uh, but just, you know, for me, that right field, like his level of consistency year in, year out uh, with the power, you know, and, and, you know, at the time, for the longest time, he was the, the home run leader. Tough to argue, honestly, Dino, like with, when you're going with Babe Ruth. You know, that's, that's Babe Ruth, man. Like if you say the name Babe Ruth anywhere in the world, you know, more often than not, they're going to know baseball. You know, it's, 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 it's a Gretzky type, uh, synonymous with the sport, you know, that's Babe right. Ruth for sure. Uh, but, uh, I'm going against you here. I'm going with Hank Aaron. Yeah. And you know, those, those are two massive names and, um, you know, Babe Ruth, you know, a lot of people didn't know was a pitcher, a very successful pitcher, but was involved in one of the biggest transactions that is, you know, historical. Thankfully, the Red Sox have ended that curse or whatever, if it ever was. <laughs> but, you know, uh, uh, Hank Aaron, uh, If I Had a Hammer, is a great book uh, about uh, his, his, you know, just what he did. And, you know, like, listen, he hit that historical home run and those guys jumped on the field. He just somebody could have just easily had a knife chasing after him in that situation. He, he he didn't know. Like he he was getting death threats as you were saying. So yeah, you would think you're thinking that in the back of your that's head. Right. And so, you know what, dude? I've got a signed Hank Aaron of that home run of that rounding third base. Yeah. That's it's out there in the public. Like you can get this at Pro Am and some other places. Yeah. I've got one that's a little bit bigger than some of the ones I've seen. Signed by signed by Aaron, and, and it's that home run shot. So I'm a, I guess I should have said I'm a little impartial. I got but this yes. memorabilia on this guy. So anyway, that's my who I think is the best. Jordan going with uh, Hank Aaron. And it'll be interesting to see you, the listener, uh, what your list looks like uh, for your entire team. As for my favorite right fielder, it is Tony Gwynn. Um, I'm a Dodger fan, but I have a soft spot for the Padres because of Tony Gwynn. How this guy? How did he never win an MVP? That's the most ridiculous thing ever. He led the National League in batting eight times. Like the number, like, and, and this was a guy that I always in pictured being the guy going after Ted Williams in four hundred. Yeah. I always thought yeah, it that, would be that one summer. Win. Well, yeah, that, yeah, and you know he he flirted with it. Obviously, you're, you're referring that to was ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah, yeah three ninety four. Like remember John Olerud? Yeah, he flirted that chase. I never thought of John Olerud being as a guy who can consistently do that. Tony Gwynn, you thought every year had a chance to hit 400. Yeah. yeah. What did Johnny O end up about 363 that yeah, summer? Yeah, I can't. I don't know. But you're right. 394. And he wasn't the MVP. The guy hit 394. <laughs> now, he wasn't giving you. He gave you a little bit of speed as well. Like you know, He, he slowed down very, when he was older. Yeah. He was pretty deceiving, though. He was in the uh, 30s and we had 56 stolen bases the one year. And that was pretty deceiving because he didn't look like he was in the best shape of all time. You know, it, it was just a weird thing with, uh, you know, how he looked. Uh, you know, he, you weren't getting power. Okay, so when I play MLB The Show, I create Gus Millard, who's the the fictitious kid I will never have. But, yeah. you know, I just pretend every everything I named Gus. So this Gus Millard, I, I made him like Ozzy Smith. Because I, I am my favorite type of player as a, a batter, is the Tony Gwynn Aussies hit for, for average, not a lot of power, but tons of speed and defensively responsible. And, and Tony Gwynn was that. So that's why he was my favorite. I just, 
you know, like the, how many, I wonder how many, what the longest he ever went without a hit was. It, oh. it could have been, it hadn't have been a very long stretch, right? This guy was money. There, so. There's, there's a stat, uh, like there's a bunch of Tony Gwynn stuff that pops up on Instagram with some of the stuff I follow, uh, without, uh. Without being inaccurate here, there's a stat about uh, Tony's at bat versus the Braves' vaunted trio of Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz. It was like he struck out three times in in <laughs> however many like yeah. a ridiculous amount of at bats so against good. those guys. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. There's a there's a funny story about your favorite, and I'll, I'll let you tell your favorite. But it was Randy Johnson talking about how your guy uh, sometimes didn't want to face him. Uh, but which I think is is the smartest thing ever. If you're ever going to take a, a day off against a lefty, it might as well be about the uh, the big unit. But your guy uh, probably should have won the Lou Marsh Award in '97. Uh, but there, there's a great uh, the docu uh, on that. Yeah, the great documentary on that. So tell us uh, about Maple Ridge. Yeah, I'm going with the Maple Ridge BC boy hockey baseball guy, Larry Walker. Um, you know, that was right at my, uh, when I started falling in love with the game, you know, like that nineties in the middle there. Um, the fact he was an expo, he's Canadian. Yeah, Rob, we'll be discussing that on another show. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so many elements of Larry Walker's story and the fact that he was, you know, arguably the best right fielder in his generation. You know, there's was, a couple yeah. of guys, um, the power, the speed, the five tool from Canada. You know, it can be, it can be done here. It mm -hmm. can happen from here. And he was that guy. And, and you know what? He, he was a guy that there was some talk. He might flirt with 400. He had that level of consistency, you know, day in, day out, being able to get a barrel on a baseball. I think at Coors Field, which, you know, there's another asterisk. We don't know for sure. But he, but he was crushing it before he got there. Totally. Like that's not, it's, it's like, listen. Yeah, there's an asterisk about uh, about Barry Bonds, but Barry Bonds was a dominant player before all that stuff happened. He was yep. just a different player. So yep. Larry Walker was doing it before the Coors Field effect. Totally, and and you know what? Uh, hopefully, he gets his just due here in the in baseball lore, which I think Time he will. Running out, yeah, yeah. yeah he, and it's amazing that that. It's amazing that we're talking about the fact that he's not in yeah, yet. That's crazy. His he put up video game numbers. Yeah, he did. He did for, you know, for a long time. The favorite, my favorite thing about Larry Walker is that he went to Regina Pat's camp, I think, and got cut and came home, threw his goalie equipment in, and was like, "I don't know what I'm gonna do." And now, then he became one of the best baseball players <laughs> of all time. Like he wasn't even think he was like, "I want to be a goalie." It didn't work out. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Oh, I'm just gonna go and become the greatest Canadian baseball player ever. <laughs> And one of the best right fielders of, 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 like, it's just crazy how that your life, you know, maybe you want to be a doctor and you end up being a circus clown or something. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what your life can turn um, out to be. This but, med school is killing me here. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to go join the rodeo or something. But it's it's a great story and, and it's a great player to pick as uh, um, your favorite right fielder. So, again, uh, email us, prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com. And we will get your thoughts on uh, your all-time team, and you can get some tickets to the winter banquet. All right, last thing we're going to do then versus now, and we're going to talk uh, about a different baseball aspect from the past to today. Today we're talking about power, and um, you know, the I always I always judge genres on like what video games I played at the time. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, first video game I remember was like RBI Baseball '87. Beauty. And there were guys hitting like 47, 50 home runs. Like it was like 
going crazy. And, you know, you go back uh, a little farther. What do you think the biggest difference in power then versus power now? Um, what generate, where are we, where is the current generation of baseball when you look at the all time power generations of, you know, it, let's maybe ex- try to, I guess we can exclude PEDs, but because uh, it was part, part of the, the game. game. But where does this generation rank against all the, you know, you even look back in the 1927, which some people say is the greatest season of all time? Well, we're in, uh, we're in a new age for everything in athletics it's here it's been here for a while um you know saying analytics that's fine we you know we all know what that means you're going to the numbers but but part of what the analytics does for athletes is gives them direct feedback of um, efficiency you know when you get video on them and you have these programs these specific programs you know spin rate and velocity and, and bat path and angles and, and how you're entering the zone. What, now that we've gotten into that, the ability for, let's say, the hitters, we're talking power, which is on the mound mm-hmm. with these power fastballs, but we'll talk about hitters, their ability to learn and, and improve and adjust and shave things out of their swing to become efficient um, has changed the game. It's given them the ability to strike baseballs a little bit differently than in the past with some, some more mindfulness because this is what they're designing themselves to do. Balls are going out. So 20 home runs used to get you a big league deal. Uh, 20 is the new 30. You, you need 30, and that still doesn't guarantee you. C.J. Cron hit 30, and he got the Tampa Bay released him. Mm-hmm. He ended up in Minnesota. So uh, the power game has changed. Uh, exit velocity, which is important. We can talk about, oh, we don't want to get all tied up in these things. It's always been part of the game. You know, Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth had the best exit velocity, led to balls going. Just nobody was talking about nobody it. Nobody was talking about it. Um, oh, yeah. So it's a catchphrase, uh, but it is relevant. It is important. Uh, and it, and it, it shows and it proves that you hit the ball well, that you hit it the right way. I just love that we can go back and look at a Babe Ruth or a Hank Aaron home run and say this was the exit velocity on this hit. Like, it's just... Whether you love analytics or not, in whatever sport you're in, there is a role to be played. Now, they shouldn't be uh, 90% of what you're making your decisions on, um, just like you shouldn't be only using 10% of uh, analytics. I think there should be a balance of, of what you use, but the knowledge that we have that we can look at a swing and break it down into that of a uh, a guy that was uh, hitting in the 1920s is just remarkably awesome in my opinion yeah like uh, outside of those few outliers back then in the 27s you know there, there wasn't a lot of home runs being hit and so there was an outlier group that That's was right. destroying yeah. things and i'm like i'm really curious how that actually happened you know it'd be great to go back and yeah, yeah. find out what really was going on because baseball has always had stuff going on so who knows? That's a different topic. Um, but now, now it, it's, it's become a power game. Yeah. Um, it's, it's transitioned in there. You know, one swing can drive in three runs. You know, it, it, it's, it's like the three pointer. There's, there's some advantage to that, to being able to do that. Baseball is, is you can't, you can't rely on it. The teams that solely rely on that are very rarely successful. Mm-hmm. The game will never change in the fact that you still need to execute things and small things. And I don't mean bunting, which which I am a fan of, um, but situational hitting. So if you watch the big leagues over a week, a lot of highlights are pulled home runs 
And then big hits late in games are the other way. Mm-hmm. Like Danny Jansen the other night came back in the extras on the Red yeah, Sox. Right. When they lost, that ball was hit the other way. He allowed, allowed it to travel, and he grinded that at bat. He, that, that's a quality at bat. He, he didn't give in, and he allowed the ball to get deep and was fighting. He was fighting for his teammates right there. Thus, the ball gets hit down the right field line, and he's a right-handed hitter, so his power is to the left side. So you check down and you grind a team out bat. If you watch highlights, there are a ton of big-time hits. They go through the middle of the field or the other way. So if you're a Danny Jansen hitter, you're a righty, there's a ton of balls going over that second baseman when they're big hits. So they play that shift. The shift's played when, uh, when you make a mistake as a hitter, you don't execute your best swing on a ball and you get out front or your timing's been affected by the pitcher. So you, when that happens, your tendency is this is what happens, which is you hit into the shift when you don't hit the ball properly. So that's why the shift gets played because if your guy executes his pitch, forces the hitter into not his best swing, this is where the ball goes most of the time. That's what the shift does. But when you square it up, it doesn't matter where the shift is. Mm-hmm. You square a ball up a lot. It's either right out of guy, you tip your cow, hey, not much you can do about that, or it lands. So we're in, we're in an age of there is big time power that like, and it's sought after your ability to do that. Um, but you you don't stay in the big leagues just hitting BP home runs. There's yeah. there's a whole another element to That's it. Serrano for major league. <laughs> yeah, he had one great year. <laughs> It hit one curveball all year, and it uh, turned into Joe a, Boo. a home Joe run. Boo. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for our uh, first episode. Uh, again, the home opener tomorrow that uh, I know you're really excited about. People can get tickets at prospectsbaseball.com. Come on down to Remax Field. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can follow us on Twitter at Prospects Baseball Show. Email us, prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com. You can check out our Facebook page as well and you can follow the prospects at edm prospect and at jordan blundell four uh, thanks so much for uh, coming out here uh, have fun tomorrow don't don't be refusing me any uh, in-game interviews okay <laughs> or else i'll rip you on this podcast <laughs> yeah you know what dino uh, this is awesome this is a great time uh, I, I haven't been this close to your voice i'm listening i got the mic the, the yeah. headphones on it's great to hear you back on the radio, man. Uh, thank you so much. It's a, it's a lot of fun. So this has been the Prospects Baseball Show. It'll come out weeklies on Monday. This is the special edition before the home opener. For Jordan Blundell of the Edmonton Prospects, I'm Dean Millard. Uh, tune in on Monday for another show. And please ban the shift. It's gone. Goodbye.